0: Back in action, Rich Ryan plus Josh Reed equals HHMC. This week, we talk about concurrent training, which means how to get strong and to get better at endurance at the exact same time. And if you are not careful about how you plan your training, you might be wasting your strength, efforts, and you might be hurting your endurance sessions. Science says so. So we do a deep dive on the subject. We talk about how the competing pathways from endurance and strength training do not mix and how you can structure your training so You can bypass this step. We also touch on what kinds of workouts have been proven to work and how you can fit them into your schedule. And we touch on how different athletes with personal time restrictions can work concurrent training into the mix. And toward the end of the episode, Josh gives us a recap of his most recent trail half marathon in great detail. It was very entertaining. And then we talk about some OCR stars training. So I think this is a really good topic for the OCR athlete to know it's the Holy grail of training and we are going to tell you exactly how to accomplish that. So let's get into it. Josh Reed. We are on Josh Reed,
1: what's up? Hey, brother. How the heck are you today? I'm, uh, I'm super deluxe. I got uh, got some nice sleep. The weather's cool, out. like all the windows are open, so like I'm sleeping so much better. Dude, with all this cool I friggin' hate sleeping like eighty degrees. I got that like fifty degree air blowing over me. I still got the fan on coming through the window, taking that cool air in over me. I'm all cuddled up. I'm like, ah, this is this is what sleep should be like. It's the best. It
0: really is. It just feels so nice. And it's just like this type of weather. It does kind of take an edge off, but only like it's fleeting, you know, I just, when you're outside and it's just nice, you don't have to worry about it at all. It just makes me feel good and positive and just overall, like a lot of good things flowing. And I think the sleep could be part of it as well. And uh, yeah, dude, I've, I've, I've stopped running so much. I was doing those hundred mile weeks and I think I was telling you that my brain was just a mush. <laughs> like mm. looking back, like how I feel now compared to them, like everything was just worse. So I may have, oh, I may have been pushing a little bit too hard there, but Hold back and now I'm feeling money so I'm
1: with you on the sleep thing looking yoke too dude I saw that little hairbrush you did I was like oh, well, look at that bicep 100 miles All didn't bicep. take away nothing
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: premium what, is, what are you doing plate. now so now that you cut down on the on the mileage there are you just kind of like relaxing do you do any sharpening you're doing some t- more time trials or what
0: it's a great question and because OCR stars is coming up I've been in the gym more and sure. that kind of leads us into the conversation that we're going to have today on concurrent training and yeah and I, for some reason in my brain, I thought it was congruent training. For so I, say say congruent this, again. I was So I said to you this topic and then I started searching it and I was like, this doesn't seem to make sense. And I define, I like research it, like put in Google, like what is, what does congruent mean? And it, <laughs> it, 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 doesn't mean the same thing. It means like something in balance, I guess. I, I don't use the word correctly. I, mean, apparently, but-
1: I heard you say it. And I'm like, I heard it. Like you said congruent but I read and heard concurrent. Like to me, they meant the same thing, con something word. I got Mm -hmm. you.
0: Yeah. And then I kind of looked it up. I was like, maybe this is the right thing, but then I couldn't find anything when I started to do research on this particular topic. (laughs) It's concurrent training. So what that means is being able to combine the resistance training and endurance training to maximize all aspects of physical performance. So Josh, we were just talking off air This is
1: a subject that, you know, basically we spend most of our time trying to figure out, right? Yeah, man. I mean, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the, we were saying it's the epitome of OCR. I mean, you gotta be strong. You gotta be able to move your body really well. You know, that's endurance. So it's like, how do we bring both of those things up to competitive levels?
0: Exactly, and there's a lot of conflicting information out there in terms of how to get strong, how to get fast, and there's only been so much that's been researched. I mean I'm surprised on how much concurrent training has been researched, but the way that it is then applied in a real-world setting really – has been up to interpretation a lot. And I mean, that's what a lot of us are doing here in in OCR as coaches are trying to figure out the best way to manage these things and, and CrossFit is along the same lines, right? I mean, a little bit more strength oriented, but they still need to get that endurance up as well and figuring out how to not waste their time. And I think that that's a big, big concern for people. I mean, for myself, I'll speak for myself on this is like, what am I doing and what's going to serve my time the most? Because the last thing we want to do is to spend our energy, spend our time on things that are not going to translate into performance. So Josh, on your end, you kind of are coming from uh, the the bodybuilding background, right? More the strength side of things. When you started to get into training for both aspects, like how did you go and, and approach that? Was it something that you even thought about or you're just like, all right, I'm just going to run more now?
1: I, uh, yeah, good question, man. I mean, it's, uh, I, f- I feel like I might have a more unique approach to this than some others where I, th- I feel that many people are more pure runners and now they're realizing the importance of strength. Whereas I was more in the strength field and then wanted to learn how to run. So what that looked like for me was just starting to run more. And I recognized that over time, it was difficult for me to make the same gains in strength. And I would go to Spartan races, do the monkey bars realize I'm not gonna fail anything. This is all pretty easy. I just got to get better at running. Something that I've recognized over time and the science backs this is that it is difficult to maintain high levels of strength while building endurance. Because the thing is, is your body only can put out so much energy. And and a simple way to look at it is like whatever the highest demand is, is where the energy is going to go. So if you really want to improve your endurance, you got to focus more on the endurance.
0: Mm-hmm. And when when you started to feel like that the strength piece of your your skill set was kind of pulling back, like where did you notice that? Because you're right. I mean, there are people who are coming from the gym into this sport. Obviously, a lot of people are coming into it. Most people do need to get better at running. Uh, I think a lot of the top athletes right now have a, have more of a, a running background. But a lot of the people who are, you know moving up the ranks in age group or kind of moving into the elite and want to get to that next level. They are, they are focused on, on running, right. But the, coming from a gym background, was it hard to let go of some of your strength gains or where, how did you notice that you were
1: not as strong? Definitely the things that were most apparent were my heaviest lifts, the ones that were the most taxing and that's a squat and deadlift. I mean, I was deadlifting 435 for a little while. And the thing is, is that's extremely taxing. Um, it's very taxing on your nervous system and doing high repetition reps. Like I might build up to a max. If I wasn't doing my max, I might be doing, uh, 20, 30 reps, but at at heavy weight. And the thing is, there's doing heavy weight is great and it can definitely help out with the running. But if you do it too much, it can be at the cost of being able to run. You can overtrain your nervous system and thus just carry around too much fatigue. And when you Mm -hmm. start to do a lot more endurance stuff, especially the longer it is and the further Is away from that faster twitch sort of action the more your muscles kind of change away from that a powerful max strength sort of uh, well mode so what that really means is it's like okay I I finally had to recognize and it uh, take the pill that I'm gonna lose some maximal strength here but is that bad and the answer that was no it's like okay I don't need to be able to deadlift 435 pounds to lift the tire or, or you know carry the bucket, so there's a compromise there, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a really important thing for a lot of people to realize is you only need to be so strong for this particular sport. You don't you don't need to be half as strong for regular endurance sport as you do for OCR. So there are different levels of strength that we all should strive to attain. And and yeah, we're gonna talk about how to kind of kind of get there how to do that because
0: this is so let's start from like kind of the beginning when people really started to research this and kind of how it has been interpreted in you know the training and strength world so from from the research that i did it looked like there was a study done in like the 80s that they wanted to see if cardio would blunt your strength gains and basically what they did they just split these these participants into three groups gave one a strength exercise program gave one an endurance and gave one both and so the endurance and the strength and endurance group, they, you know, they improved their VO2 max, obviously, where the strength did not, but, um, the strength and the, they were able, the strength group saw more strength gains. And by the way, is this the Robert Hickson? Robert I believe Hickson so. Study? Word. Yeah. This is like the, the, almost like the, what was known for 20 or 30 years of what was appropriate for strength training and endurance training. So what this kind of led to was that people were then led to believe, or the way that trainers or strength coaches interpreted this was like, okay, now that means endurance is going to kill your strength gains. And really what happened during this, this model was that the the strength athletes, the strength group, they were getting better, like almost in a linear fashion. And the strength and endurance group, they were also getting stronger in a linear fashion until about seven weeks, and then things kind of dipped off. So since it dipped off and the strength group continued to go higher, that was – that led people to believe, rightfully so, that to become maximum – to get your max strength, you shouldn't do endurance training. So – now where it was kind of taken in, in the modern strength world with the strength coaches and the personal trainers is that you shouldn't do endurance at all if you want to get max, like your max strength. But in practice, that doesn't make a ton of sense because it's very rare that someone is going to be training to literally only become as strong as possible. Like unless you are competing in strongman or like Olympic lifting or powerlifting, really, there's only three things. Highland Games maybe Mm. where you need to be as strong as possible, where any type of endurance would be, would negatively affect that where you can still get strong while doing endurance, but not as strong as possible.
1: Yeah. It makes sense for bodybuilders who are scared of losing their gains to, uh, to stay away from the cardio. But yeah, for someone who actually wants to consider themselves an athlete or participate in a sport that involves working at a, a high level of exertion for several minutes. It's like, yeah, you definitely want to mix those two things. You definitely need to get that endurance in there. But even
0: bodybuilders, like, there's a place where cardio could help with, uh, cal- like, caloric cuts, and they're like, it's arguable that they're not really training for max strength, right? In bodybuilding. Oh, they're, they're- not training for max strength, right? They're right. just,
1: but, but their goal is hypertrophy, um, and so cardio does, like, endurance work, aerobic work, can uh, diminish the hypertrophy signal.
0: Totally. And then that kind of gets into these different pathways that are are competing, right? So there are these set of pathways that will help you get stronger and that will help with your endurance. And I believe it's it. MPAC is for endurance. AMPK is the pathway that is triggered when you are doing endurance training. And MTOR is for the one that was is going to help rebuild that muscle. That's muscle protein synthesis. Yeah. That's what you need from, from Mammalian target body. of rapamycin. Dude, I'm so happy that you memorized that just for this moment that you're like, here we go. It's time. Now's the time I've I've memorized this and now I'm going to say it. So those are the different, different type of pathways that, that are, are conflicting. And those are the things that will pop up. And there's a little bit of information and ways to kind of game that as well, to make sure that you are kind of figuring out which pathways you are working and what's, and like, how to make sure you're not blunting the effect of the training. So, Josh, would that, would that, is that kind of what you were told or what you had heard in, in terms of in, when you started getting into the strength stuff, or, or or anything to add
1: on that? In regards to certain pathways,
0: just like the whole idea behind like the strength and the the strength versus endurance.
1: Well, I. I've done a lot of reading. I I feel that most of the conversations I've had with people about strength or about endurance, mostly my background was like people more of the bodybuilder type who were kind of afraid of cardio and a lot of just people who weren't very educated on the manner. So it was more so bro talk. So I never really Mm -hmm. took it as being super valuable information. So I would, so most of my information is from reading. So as far as what I've been told, never really took it to mind. So I feel fortunate to have had a lot of decent literature. I mean, you know, literature changes. Who knows in 20 years, they might find something that negates what's happening now. But with the literature we have right now, I feel like I've had pretty good direction with with the way things have been going. And what's really neat for us as endurance athletes is like aerobic work mitigates hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. People are afraid of putting on mass as an endurance athlete. If you look at me, I'm not the model of an endurance athlete. You got to remember, I like lifted a shitload for years and put on a lot of mass. And I've actually lost a lot of mass.
0: You do look leaner. This this year in Thank particular, you. you
1: do look Thank leaner. You. I've noticed. Thank you. And I'm eating a shitload, by the way, peeps. I'm not like trying to get leaner or, or like cut calories or anything. It's just the body gets these signals. And like I said earlier, I mean – you're if you can do strength training you can do endurance training you only have so much energy your body is going to kind of lean to adapt towards the most the more significant demand it's going to want to adapt towards what you're telling it to do a little bit more of and if you're on your feet running around or cycling around all the time and you're just doing a little bit of strength over here it's going to lean towards what you're spending hours doing spending time on your feet and you're probably going to have some skeletal muscular adaptations that for some of us bigger peeps we're going to lean down just naturally And that's just such an interesting
0: way to look at how the body responds. Like it takes a look at the big picture and is like, do we need all this muscle mass for the things that we're doing all the time? Like it it doesn't seem advantageous. So we can kind of send that signal to start to release that, to kind of breaking those things down uh, once you are consistently putting in that effort. So yeah, if you are a bigger athlete and you want to lean down, because sometimes you hear this, right? Like I have too much muscle. I want to get a little bit, I want to lose some of the muscle, which is hard, but it is more of a long-term endeavor is as what you found like and when you kind of went into this like did, was there a certain point where you're like all right i would like to lose some of this muscle
1: or did it just happen as a byproduct of the training well i definitely wanted to lose it and you know it's kind of funny man uh, it's all been a learning process uh for me right so for all of us and part of my experimentations have been in cutting calories and doing it at the wrong time and going into races just totally demolished because i was thought i need to lose weight to perform better Mm -hmm. And the five pounds that I was trying to lose, thinking I would improve my power to weight ratio, just absolutely fatigued me because my body wasn't able to recover from the training that I was doing. Mm -hmm. So, so I kind of taken that into kind of digesting that I realized whatever's going to happen is going to happen. My body is going to adjust the way that it's going to adjust to the training and I'll tweak it as such, but I need to be very patient with it because it is difficult to lose a lot of muscle, uh, especially if you are still trying to maintain any semblance of strength. So it, I recognize it will happen slowly, and it most certainly has been happening slowly. And I will just point out, I like even though I've lost upper body mass, I weigh the exact same amount. Yo, these legs are getting thick. The legs are soaking up all that energy.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that because, like, yeah, you you do look lean. lean, lean, Leaner in like your face and everything. Legs
1: thick, thick.
0: Two C's. But that, and that's just a matter of being consistent, right? Like, and and it's easier to lose fat than it is to lose muscle, like just straight up. Like, your it takes a lot of work to put muscle on. It takes a lot of time for it to come off. So if you are like the actual muscle tissue, like you might lose strength faster, but you won't lose that actual muscle tissue a- until like you really either are conscious of how much protein you're taking in if you kind of put yourself in a limited amount of that which is still hard um, because you still are going to have to eat for the recovery and the performance from the endurance work but just really just putting in that time and becoming an endurance athlete you know just just switching over be like okay i need to focus on this and, and really make my primary endeavor endurance and like you said you'll, you'll get that signal and you'll eventually kind of naturally lean down
1: yeah man because i mean like uh you can kind of put it use a use a, an analogy like the like fad diets right? You, you put in a lot of work real quick. You get significant change, but it's not sustainable. It's not the healthy way to do things, right? You got to do things uh, more sustainably and be patient with these. And then and losing muscle mass is exactly the same thing. Trying to cut down weight healthily. Don't try to rush. Don't try to do it quick. It'll just, it'll happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, man. I mean, yeah, a lot of strength has been, has been lost and that's just the name of the game. I mean, I'm trying to be more of an endurance athlete. I have... Put less energy into building strength because I already have some there. So, in trying to let some of that muscle mass disappear from the upper body and go more to where I want it to be, which is in the lower body, since it's carrying my torso and my brain and all this fun stuff happening up here. Yeah, that's that's a game that takes that definitely takes time. There is really no healthy way to super shortcut that because, like you just said, you cut down like your protein and all that, you're shortening your recovery, and it's uh, it becomes a tough. A tough thing to balance. Yeah. And that's definitely a, a piece that is almost separate
0: from the conversation of concurrent training because if you are already a strength athlete, like you probably have the necessary strength to get through any obstacle to do any of the carries. And that's just a matter of, of kind of prioritizing your goals to make sure that you are doing what you need to do to get better at obstacle course racing. And sometimes that is taking a step back from the actual gym, even though that's where you know, you've made a bunch of gains probably where you feel most comfortable, but that is a matter of just kind of getting out of that zone and, and doing the things that you need to do that will ultimately help. And there, and, and so in terms of kind of training both at the same time, say like you're coming in, as just like maybe a, a runner or with no specific background, or you're going, you're first coming into obstacle course racing after being you know sedentary for a while or coming into it as like a ball sports, like you played soccer or basketball or something like that. And you're going to need to probably improve both all at once. That that's where things kind of get a little tricky because people want to either focus on one or the other, or kind of do them both at the same time and like doing things like in, in CrossFit. And that's where there's this, being able to manage both of the things and making sure that you are getting the gains, like we had mentioned before, is that we don't want to spin our wheels and make sure that we're not doing something that is going to not uh, pay off in the long term. And this is kind of how, again, when we talk about those pathways, and I think it's important to kind of make this distinction in, in terms of what the elements of, of of like increasing strength would be. And, and typically, it's there's like the neural activation that you would get from trying to lift something heavy. And it's muscle fiber size and also connective tissue stiffness. And when you are going to train endurance, like we mentioned, like the muscle uh, tissue size, which is the hypertrophy, that's going to be blunted. So right away, like, yeah, we're probably not going to be as strong as possible. And uh, connective tissue stiffness, that's really hard to, we don't, we're not really quite sure what determines that in either direction. But in terms of neural activation, like we can definitely get that while training for endurance, right? We can still lift heavy and making sure that we are, really getting as strong as we are with the muscle fiber size that we have, it's not gonna get much bigger. So it's going to be kind of probably capped, but you can still really train yourself to get that activation. And we talk about that a lot in terms of powerlifting, right? So Josh, when we talk about like getting stronger while getting better at endurance, like what do you think is the best place for someone, someone to start?
1: Well, I just want to say, first of all, that was an awesome distinction between strength and power. Okay, when we when we talk about someone's uh, ability, especially in something like cycling, we talk about power to weight ratio. Mm. Okay, that's that's for a reason. It's like how much power can you? There's power is how much force can you produce in a small amount of time, and then if that in conjunction with muscular endurance, well, there's your there's that done many times in a row, right? So it's like how important is maximal strength in in this sport or in uh, a lot of these sports? Not too much so. So with that with that said where should somebody start i mean for look looking at some of the fundamental things it's like all right you i'd say that and i don't know if you'd agree with this rich but i think that building a strong core and a, a very aware core things that are proprioceptive building a core that isn't just strong but functions very well through all these body movements i think that's the number one and then from that all these other things literally no pun intended but like everything stems from that you know all the movements that you're gonna do with your arms your body any compound movements those you can you can bring in with greater amounts of force over time as you build up your your core strength
0: and let's take a second to talk about core strength right because i feel like. At least when I was coming up, it was just – I remember in college when I was trying to get a strong core, I'd wake up every day and literally do a 1,000 crunches. That is what I would do for my core strength. American Once, Psycho. That's every day. Thousand, boom. Do like 200 on the side and do something like 100 leg lifts. That was like my morning routine, what I would do right away. So like that has just been the idea of what – a, a strong core should be. And then like all of a sudden, like kind of planks and things like that. And then planks have kind of turned into almost like this passive exercise where people will just kind of hang out and and you know they might not have the proper form. Side planks too, you might be dipping a little bit. Well really these core exercises should be about getting that maximal amount of activation at one time through your midsection. So we talked about we talk about Pavel a lot and he has that hard style, right? Where he kind of breathed in and really kind of try to squeeze things as hard as possible. And so how do, you, how do you go about training your your core? Is, that, is, is it along those lines or are you kind of doing a combination of both?
1: Well, a combination at this point, because as I had said, you want to have a strong core before you get into really intense compound movements. Not to say you shouldn't do compound movements really from the get, but if you're going to do like, heart style or extremely heavy or explosive movements that involve the entire body you want to have a strong core before you hit those at max you know at your absolute max but starting out you can do those movements kind of easy whether it's a swing or a deadlift you're kind of doing high rep easy stuff because that's building the core strength that's going to lead you to be able to do those particular movements at a very uh higher or a very high intensity so what core like strong core looks like to me and the movements that get you there i mean i think planks are great but it's like what's your pelvic positioning and when you're doing that what's your head doing like what's your posture we want to try and emulate running as much as possible and the posture that you want to maintain while you are running so if you're doing a plank and your belly is dipping down your head's dipping down that you're that's you you got total like lord uh kyphosis and lordosis going on right there and you're strengthening yourself into these poor postures so Mm -hmm. doing a plank with perfect posture you know your pelvis is slightly tilted i your anterior posteriorly why am i forgetting which one which way is which right now your belly buttons kind of pulled up and in the Posterior, front of, yeah yeah the front of your pelvis is kind of pulled up a little bit and and your head's in a nice straight like neutral spine position that's an awesome start that's an awesome start and then getting a little more uh specific like with running there you can start to do things where you do like 3.2 point i love those 3.2 point you can add those in with like a push-up and that's like keeping that really straight posture and position but what you do is you take one leg and the opposite arm off of the ground and that creates it creates torque through the body and that's when you're running right one arm comes forward to counter the leg that's behind you mm-hmm. so now you're getting quite specific and then you can do things such as mountain climbers i call them meditative mountain climbers where the legs move slower and more intentionally now again you're emulating these running postures where you're in a nice plank position one leg is extended at the hip the other one is flexed at the hip up as high as it can possibly go so things like that.
0: So in terms of a lot of these training, it, it seems like a lot of it ends up being kind of coordination, especially with the things that you're talking about. I know that some of the interests that we've had, you and I in particular, when working with things like Cruise Elite and just doing like joint mobility, it is a lot more about the coordination and the way that you're able to kind of think yourself into movements and being able to know and like body and creating body awareness, which I think is crucial. And I think that it's something that is overlooked almost exclude like all the time. (laughs) Everybody just doesn't like doesn't pay attention to this part because they're focusing mostly on strength training. And I believe that you can get better at coordination and you know, the, the mind muscle connection no matter what. But in terms of, you know, this conversation here where we're talking about the getting stronger and faster at the and better endurance at the same time, it still has like those pathways. So when we're, we're talking about the actual core strength itself, there's that worry that if we're doing so much core strength and then either running, it would still kind of blunt that sh- sh- like strength pathway. And I think a lot of the, the, the conversations that that I've had are around like the timing of when to do strength versus endurance. And in in your in your experience what what kind of things what have you found works for the athletes that you coach we think have works for yourself and what what have you found like in terms of your research in terms of like when should i do strength versus when should i do like
1: endurance training in terms of like what's going to be best for gains Mm, strong question well again i'll just preface this again it's like we're not we're we're sacrificing some strength knowing that we're bringing up both fields together we're increasing endurance and we're increasing strength at the same time knowing that we're not going to increase our strength as much as it would as we could as we were doing it solo Mm we're not increasing our endurance as much as because we were doing it solo however feel confident and and feel good about the fact that you are improving the longevity and the ultimate top end of that endurance thanks to the strength that you're doing
0: do you think that that's true that like you can't reach your high end of endurance because of strength training
1: and not as not as quickly i mean if you're if you're say the reason i say that is because if somebody is running or has the capacity at this moment to run say 50 um, 50 miles a week okay we'll use mileage instead of hours right and then uh that person is only running 50 miles well that person has a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of stress that their body can take on so if you you start incorporating uh strength training three times a week maybe you have like one day of heavy deadlifts and then a day of like stability some plyometrics and some, uh, some speed, and, speed and agility and core work and then uh, you know and then a couple days after that you have say uh, kettlebell swings and then a muscular endurance leg workout, you uh, the amount of stress that that's going to put on that person's musculoskeletal system, if they were continuing to do 50 miles, which is like run, run specific, they're running 50 miles, that would be too much. So if they maybe they now need to do 30 or 35 miles. And so in the short term, they're not going to become as purely good of a runner. However, I believe that I definitely believe that as time goes on especially as we start to get more into the mountains and off the flat road that that individual is going to see much greater gains because they're building such a strong foundation to put that top end on
0: yeah and that, that's an important thing to the distinction to make because and i think we should we should cover that in a, a little bit once we kind of get through like the the when and, and kind of how to build a program that's going to work long term because you're right like to get better at running like it's more of like a, a like you might not be able to get as good at running because like your time is is stretched. Like if you're doing strength training and like you said, you, your your amount of work that you're capable of doing before fatigue takes over will be lower, right? So I agree that short term, it's it's not going to get you there as
1: fa- as fast as possible. But I don't I think to there- a fast five k as fast, right?
0: Right. Without like you could without maximizing the amount of time that you have, and the amount of energy that you have until you adapt to that long-term. Right. So like, if you bring in strength training, you can then start to kind of build onto the mileage and, and kind of build up based on how much time you have based on the amount of energy based on how well you're uh, recovering. But ultimately, like I think that you can still become as fast as possible with strength training. It, it, there is nothing that is going to, inter- and from what I understand, and from what I've found in myself and the athletes that I coach, is like there's nothing there that is going to blunt the adaptation the way that endurance might blunt uh, strength adaptation. Does that make sense? Correct.
1: That's what I found in the studies that I've read as well. Right. So it's, it just becomes a matter of stress in the short term, like on, on a weekly cycle. It's like okay, if you're adding this much strength in, know that that's going to be detrimental to try and run so many miles. You got to come back on the miles and bring both things up together
0: right and i think i got ahead with i think i got ahead of myself there a little bit so i want to talk about that uh in a a little bit but in terms of like the cut you off so i don't really remember what you were talking about but i was uh talking about like when to do strength versus endurance with the understanding that maybe in the short term you might not be get as fast and with the understanding that you're not going to become as strong as possible with doing both so just say like that's kind of the baseline where we're starting
1: okay all right cool so if we have an individual who is just getting into the game they don't have a lot of strength under their belt they don't have a lot of running under their belt and we want to build them up the best we possibly can over over the course of a year so that they can have a phenomenal go into into seasons to follow start that person out running a little bit focusing on drills and stuff and then and with strength I'd put more of a focus, honestly, on strength. So again, we could put them at at, say thirty miles a week, but I want I want to put them at fifteen miles a week, so they can do strength three or four times a week. And the reason they're going to do strength is because they can go they can build up tendons and muscles a certain way. So something also important to point out is the fact that our cardiovascular system can adapt quicker than our musculoskeletal system. Mm -hmm. So people that do get into running high mileage very quickly and are responding well cardiovascularly are more prone to those skeletal muscular, uh, skeletal, muscular injuries and tissue issues. So by kind of backing off and having a little more diversity in your, in your training, and you're not such a one plane animal, you know, like running forward, you are going to reduce the risk of of tissue damage, and you're going to end up building uh, stronger tendons and and muscles in the supporting system during this introductory period, which Mm -hmm. again, is going to help you down the road. So to make it a little more black and white, that's might look like four days of lifting, focusing on some high repetition, not very strenuous. Again, you want you're just trying to get the tendons Uh, adapted and the body used to these mechanical motions and i you want to do that for like anywhere from four to eight weeks and then what you you can do after that period is you can start to move more into more maximal strength your tendons have adapted quite a bit we're still not running a whole lot we're still pretty early on we're only a couple months in here we want to work more on maximal strength and the reason for that is because one is going to help build more bone density that's going to take your tendons to another level of, of strength. And it's going to improve how much power and the amount of fibers you can tap into down the road to produce power and to draw your, well, let's see, muscular endurance from. Because a cool thing about all that muscle fiber and putting on a little bit of muscle is, one, you're going to be able to store more glycogen. And two, if you build that muscle in the right areas, like more particularly in the legs, they're going to be able to handle more abuse. Mm. So it's almost like setting
0: a base before you do like your base miles. This is like the base before the base. This is like 100%. digging
1: the base first. You got it. We are making the most solid foundation that you could possibly imagine. If you want to do it right, this is – based on the education that I've gained, this is a 100% way to go. And I mean – because, Rich, I, I have my education primarily through like the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and they have a really nice – uh, training protocol where you start out with that muscular endurance against for the tendons you get into hypertrophy if that's something that you want to work on and build size and then once you have the size that you would like you can get into more maximal strength mm-hmm. we don't really want to build too much size we can go more into strength and build more towards maximal strength over the course of several weeks and then once you're at that period now we can say okay we have a rock solid chassis Now let's put a Ferrari engine inside of this Ferrari chassis instead of trying to put this Ferrari engine inside of this Dodge Neon. You know, you got a rock solid chassis. Now you're ready to roll with more running and incorporating more power. And you can throw this power work in a little less frequently and you're going to get awesome muscle fiber activation. Like you were saying before, you're just going to recruit more of that fiber and and get higher quality muscle because you will have the quantity now. Totally. And I
0: think this is a really smart approach. And this is especially for someone who sat down and really have mapped out like the goals that they want to accomplish. And if they are committed 100% to becoming as good of an obstacle course race athlete or as good of a runner, like this is the approach they should take. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people just are like, all right, I need to get strong and fast right now. You know, I need to start doing everything that I possibly can. So I agree. Like if you're all in on on this, or if you've kind of skipped this part, I think that that is a, really good recommendation to take a step back and do all the necessary steps to make sure that you are becoming as strong as possible to handle all the work that you're going to want to put in that is ultimately going to make you as good of an athlete as possible and then typically would you separate the days like that to ensure that they are getting the the proper adaptations from both would you make it like a strength day and then an endurance day or how does that how do you foresee that
1: well, if we were starting out, the person's going to be pretty low volume. So it'd be pretty easy to separate those and still have and not be sacrificing much time. So, yeah, I would separate them right off the bat. You know, you can do run drills you know, on the same day as some other strength stuff. Sometimes it's nice to do maybe some strength work followed by uh, an easy run to just kind of help things flow, help with blood flow, and just move like those hormones around the body and all that stuff. But yeah, if you're starting out, you don't need to cram a run in before or after your strength session and then do a double up on this day. It's like, Strength, run, strength, run, strength, run, off day if you need it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when I, when my own training and with the athletic coach, I usually will have like, if say they are more on the advanced side of an athlete and they, you know, they can handle six days of of workouts a week and they want to get in two or three strength workouts with like five days of running. So there's going to be some days where there's going to be overlap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I would always have, them do like an easy run with their strength day uh just so it's not this high intensity and in- endurance run and then i would usually recommend that they do the strength before just so that they can get the maximal effort and they're not fatigued from the actual uh, endurance piece but in the research i found it said it looks like it doesn't matter and that's usually how i explain it as well like yeah they want like eight hours between it or something so if, if you're like it, it, it turns out that there's it takes three hours for that MPAC and the other one that's SIRT1. which is another one that kind of blunts the mTOR pathway. It takes about three hours for that to really down-regulate. Like, it ramps up really high after you do your endurance work. And then if you have, like, three hours, like, it, it, it comes down some. So, But eight hours is going to be easier in terms of, like, getting more nutrition in and yeah. just making sure that you're a little bit more rested. So I think that's a, kind of how they recommend it. So if you were going to do... A really hard endurance effort and you wanted that to and that was like your m- primary focus that day and you want to do a strength training later like give it at least three hours and i think that eight hours would probably be preferable if you were going to do
1: that kind of in the same day nice i like strength in the morning i like that you're having uh, them do strength in the morning get those hormones flowing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and and if they need and like this is something we'll
0: get into and in like get into in a little bit as well but when like i also just don't think it matters very much in terms of like they're going to do it back to back like i know sometimes i'll do a, sh- a strength workout and then go for a run i just like that because it makes me feel a little bit more warmed up for my run when i'm done with my run i'm usually kind of just done with working out for the day so now, I, I would wanna... think that it would
1: help loosen up stiff muscles from the workout as well
0: it, yeah I, I i agree in my own anecdotal like experience it seems to, to do that i feel better like the first mile usually the first 10 minutes of a run is terrible but if I uh, lift first it feels good so but based on research and like I said like what I've found it it doesn't really matter if you're going to be doing an easy run and if you're going to be doing a harder strength effort and that's not a high intensity strength effort that's like a like a powerlifting kind of strength effort and neither of those pathways should really get blocked in, in, in when working from that respect so I think that that's Kind of a good rule of thumb of like if you need to get it both in, if you're, it just depends on what the workout looks like for you. Like if you, have, it's a hard endurance workout, uh, you probably want to do that first so you can get the most out of that, and then give yourself three to eight hours, um, mm-hmm. to recover before you uh, kind of do your strengths.
1: And, and, you know, trying to get in those, those doubles that really only becomes a burden for those who one have the time to do so. And two, those who are at a certain level of fitness where they can handle that and they are trying to wiggle out the extra percentages, you know, as they get closer to the top of their, their potential.
0: Right. Right. And once they've like kind of maximized their time, and need to kind of spread things out. It's also worth noting before we kind of move on that the, based on like a meta analysis of all these different studies that have been done on concurrent training that like, there is no, like if you are doing, if you're going to run and then just do upper body, like it's not going to matter. It's only
1: going to be if like you're doing squats or deadlifts or big compound oh, movements. Yeah. Th- oh, th- yeah. Thank you for saying that. Right. It's, it's mostly, it's mostly on an acute level that this happens. So mm-hmm. right. If you do work your legs and then try to work your legs later, obviously you'll, there'll be a compromised performance there. Uh, yeah. But yeah. If you do an upper body workout, you can run later or if you run early and you do an upper body workout later there's hardly any there's hardly any issue there or any negative effect on the gains that you get
0: right so if you're worried about like your grip gains getting getting blunted because of running or you know if you're climbing or if you're doing whatever pull-ups or something like chances are that's not the case and you know it seems that way but sometimes people can interpret data and just be like well i don't want to kind of have these pathways cross and not work well because they'll just misinterpret something, but
1: like upper body and running is completely separate. almost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a, there's a quote and I don't know if I made this up or if I heard it somewhere, but it's like nothing does nothing. In other words, <laughs> anything you do is going to do something. So if you're working out a little bit here and a little bit there, and you're working, even if you don't have the formula perfect, which by the way, uh, that's why we're having this conversation. That's why there's all this research out there because no one has the perfect formula. There are great formulas, the ones that work super duper well. But just know that doing a little bit of upper body work, doing a little bit of the running, you're gonna get you're gonna get results. You're gonna get maybe they're a little, maybe they're a lot, but if you do all of this, as long as you aren't overstressing the shit out of yourself you're going to get something good out of it
0: and that's the worry right that people are just going to do like some like a lot of some things with just no rhyme or reason and like and they'll get some success right away and i feel like that's how a lot of ocr athletes are kind of just rolling the dice and being like well it makes sense for me to do this because you know there's uh, i'll do i'll i'll carry a bunch of stuff for my workout today and then do this 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 and just kind of like put a bunch of pieces together and really not have any type of plan that is going to progress them to hopefully get some sort of predictable results. They get some results because they're doing a bunch of shit, just a bunch of shit. And like, then they get a little bit better at the stuff they were doing because you're right. Like your body's going to adapt and everything does do something. So wise. <laughs> so say you're, you you're someone who's coming from more like of a running background, right? Like, and it's not that example that we use for someone who's coming as a beginner and they have this time to set this base, but they have some endurance, right? They have mm-hmm. some, some time spent there and then they want to add strength in there and they want to get stronger while maintaining some of this endurance. Uh, where do you, what do you put for them? Like, right? Like I would have a hard time being like, okay, scratch everything. Don't run for eight weeks and we're going to build this, this, this foundation, I think most runners would tell you to fuck off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like, so we got to like, what would be a good place for someone or we're going into the off season or for me as an example, or for anybody who's listening who hasn't been in the gym very, very long and they have OCR stars coming up and they need to put in some, some strength training now. So how would you recommend someone kind of insert strength training into an already established endurance program?
1: Well, it definitely depends if they're getting ready for OCR stars or if they're going into the offseason. And I was going to actually going to throw this one back at you. I was going to ask this one before. because I'm super curious about your answer being that you are you've been in the running industry uh, a bit longer than I have. And you have a little more experience probably in that particular field. But I'll just spit mine real quick. And that's mm-hmm. like, if you have someone who has done no strength training, and they've been running a lot, and they're going into the offseason, pull read the person. Pull back a reasonable amount where they don't hate you because of how little they're running. Maybe push them a little bit depending on how much they're willing to reduce, but definitely start to integrate going into those steps that I had said earlier. Start them out with some high repetition, low weight, get get the tendons, musculoskeletal system kind of up to play. They already have a fantastic cardiovascular system, right? And then after several weeks of that, take them into some more maximal strength work. Mm-hmm. I think that that, I think that's appropriate and making
0: sure that like they're just because it's like the first week or two that's concerning you know like once they get into the gym and you start to feel what it's going to feel like and what kind of fatigue that's going to put on you you're probably going to want to naturally run a little bit less or just feel worse while running if you're just trying to stack everything on top so if you're running 70 miles a week and then all of a sudden you want to put two days just even two days of work in at the gym like it's going to feel worse to run and it's going to be less enjoyable so it's really like that first week or two that they that you really need to be careful of and i would say kind of cut the miles by like 30 percent 35 40 percent somewhere in that range, something that you would do for like a typical, like down week or like a taper week or something like that while you insert the strength training. So you don't have to do the strength training by it, by itself because, you know, that's not really what is going to be feasible for the long term of training. So you want to make sure you know what it feels like to be doing both and what's going to work one for your schedule and, and how it's going to feel to run after a hard strength effort. And just so you are able to distinguish the difference between the fatigue that you feel from the, the weight room and from, from running. So I would definitely say kind of cut cut back 35% to be safe on your last weekly mileage and then kind of almost start that build over again. So don't it would be tempting to just put that in, get two or three weeks in of that strength, and then just jump back up to 70. Mm
1: -hmm. But I would
0: kind of rebuild back up and even slower this time. So usually we use that 10% rule where you can take 10% of your previous weekly mileage and then add that to your next week. Somewhere, you know, five, eight to 10%? Well, you're adding and building things up because you're going to want to find where that is, where you're going to start to feel where too much is. And it's not going to be the same. It's not the same metric as running by itself. It's harder to to figure out where the fatigue is coming from and what that fatigue is going to feel like if you don't have some metric like 13 hours of running a week or 80 miles of running per week because you kind of know what that will feel like because you've done it before. Mm -hmm. But with two strength sessions in there, you might not know what that feels like. So you need to give yourself time to build that fatigue so you can be like, okay, if I'm going to do these strength workouts, I'm going to need to do 60 miles a week so that I can get the best of both worlds. And...
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you for a little bit more specifics. Like, what is what will that runner's week look like in regards to strength on, say, which day is that going to be? Is there going to be running on that same day, and what might a few of the movements look like within that workout?
0: Yeah, so it depends on what they are preparing for. And if it is preparing for something like OCR Stars, there is going to have to be a little bit more skill development and trying to do things like toaster bar working on kipping pull-ups, just doing things like thrusters, where you might have to be a little bit lower on weight and still kind of working at a higher rate because that is going to be sports-specific. But say like you're working at just for optical course racing in general, I would say like, I would kind of really work into the power lifts and making sure that we're working at that 80 to 85% of your max lift. And that would be your primary movement of the day. And then a lot of that, after that would be a lot of accessory work. We're talking about single leg movements, a lot of core work, like how how you had mentioned definitely some vertical pulling and yeah, I would have it on the same day. Definitely. Just because that is going to be with an athlete like this, they're going to have to, balance and manage things so i would have kind of what we did what we recommended before if they were having a hard effort then that would be the standalone effort that day or they would do strength training later in the evening or an easy effort with strength training um before or after is kind of what i would is how i would really kind of put that in play and then again it does it depends on what kind of obstacle course race if they're doing a deck of fit which i guess not really obstacles or like a you know stadium or something mm-hmm. then it could be a little bit more sports specific but it's gonna depend on you know what they're gonna be doing what, what what it's gonna what type of time of the year it is for them as well does that answer the question yeah yeah it do it do somewhat but yeah i mean i would like for for a runner who's running a lot on um, probably priority running six days a week i don't think i would necessarily pull back on the frequency at all i would just kind of pull the volume down on them and then add two strength sessions a week, I think is an appropriate place. And then maybe one or two of like some joint mobility stuff to help out with that need, need that. Yeah. Good, good job adding that in. And some of the metrics that you need to kind of, you kind of need to create your own metrics at that point then, right? Like to figure out what is going like, why you feel a certain way and have something that's repeatable and something that you're constantly thinking of. There's this term that, the Renaissance periodization guys use the RP peeps it's called the MRV or maximum recoverable volume. So like where it is, like how much you can do and still recover from. Right. And if you go over that, that's too much. And like, but you can kind of get up to that. And that's really the sweet spot. Like how much can you do still recover from and still get better and being able to find that is going to take some time and practice. So some things that I would want people to consider is Like just having straight up metrics before they even train as like how your sleep was, what your mood's like, how your energy is that day, what kind of level of soreness you are feeling, and then like your actual performance on that day. Your performance is probably going to be your biggest indicator or just how you're feeling about training that day because sometimes your performance could be fine, but like it's really a grind to get there, (laughs) like a mental grind to be like – great intervals today you might hit the intervals but you don't look forward to them and that's a a, definitely an indicator of kind of that recoverable recoverability Mm. is there anything else what do you think in terms of how people can know from more maybe of a subjective point of view
1: well gee i mean yeah if someone's getting like poor sleep or their mood's changing a lot or they just can't shake fatigue that would be an indicator that they've kind of gone beyond that recoverable point for sure because if you get into heavy lifting especially if you do too much of it it is going to tax you in a new way that your body is not ready for and it's going to leave you fatigued for possibly you know more than a few days that's going to really drip over into the rest of your your runs so kind of like you said just pull back in one field of stress be it the running if you have been running quite a bit and slowly add a little bit more stress in your weightlifting. Mm. But here's the nice thing. And, and pal, there's a bunch of different ways to approach this, this whole strength thing. I, the, One of the methods that I like is when it comes to strength training, you stay, for the most part, at a specific weight and a certain amount of reps for a certain amount of time. You don't just jump up every single week. You're not going to progress as quickly as you are in running. It's not a 10% rule with strength training. So... You can say you do. Uh, say we're just working with some dumbbells. We're getting the arms moving, some full body stuff. We're doing uh, we're doing some snatches. We're just doing some dumbbell power snatches, Florida overhead. You'll use the same weight and say and do the same amount of reps for at least a couple to a few weeks. Uh, it, obviously, it should get easier. You should move the weight a little bit more explosively. Uh, you should notice that it's just overall easier. Then is a time where you can jump up to maybe the forty pound reps. All that will stay the same. That's one way of doing it. Of course, there are other people. A lot of bros are like, oh, I'm going to you know, do 10 sets of bench press and it's going to be a different weight every time. I personally find that to be a little bit more complicated and a little, it's not as easy to get objective information back from and it just takes more time. So mm-hmm. I enjoy the single weight moving at a certain rest and period and then moving up after you've gotten that feedback that, hey, this is for sure getting easier and this is manageable. Now I'm going to make a jump. So it it just kind of simplifies the steps. It makes it really easy to keep track of your current abilities and your gains.
0: That's such a good point when it comes to strength training. And I know from the endurance background, it's just like, okay, yeah, well, you ran eight miles last week. This week we'll run nine on on your long run. But it is different because the intensity is not as as high in, in endurance training for the most part. And when you think about it, you spend most of your time running at a certain pace, which is essentially be like, lifting at the same weight over and over right and and amassing that volume it doesn't necessarily need to be a matter of progressing the volume in terms of the intensity so adding weight each time so you can really still benefit from that volume by lifting the same or similar weights or even less weight a little bit not too not not too much less but like less if you're feeling Ooh. shitty shittier that day or how right. you're feeling
1: because the important things that are happening there is again you're like you're increasing the uh, ability and the capacity of like the tendons that are attached to those muscles. You're giving them plenty of time to make adaptations and you're also reinforcing movement patterns. As the weight Mm. gets easier, those movements are going to become more crisp. And then when you move up to the next weight, you know exactly how you should move. And then maybe it's gonna be a little more difficult and you'll have to fight for it, but you know how you're supposed to move. So I see, I see a lot of benefits to moving uh, at a slow pace as far as staying at the same weight for a while.
0: Yeah. And you know, you could add like in volume, is a big indicator in strength gains the same way that it is in endurance gains and you can amass a volume by just adding sets adding reps mm-hmm. to the sets with the same so you can go with like three by eight and then go by three by ten then go four by eight four by ten things like that and you'll you'll get more volume and it's not as with strength gaining it was strength training it's the amount of volume that you amass in the long term is going to be much more important than say an endurance where, you know, you might have that progressive linear fashion to go up. With strength training, it's more that that big long term, like how much you're increasing your volume over the course of the year than over the course of three months. You know, there's only going to be so much. The the strength gains come pretty freaking slow, like endurance gains come slow, but strength gains come Real slow, but unless you're <laughs> like just starting. So just making sure you're, 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 you're managing that volume well, and just not going crazy, not trying to blow it out of the water every single time and increase
1: the weight that you're going to perform every single day. Cause it's just not going to work like that. Absolutely. And for those listening who are more on the endurance side of, uh, of OCR, you know, like you're doing more beasts or ultras it's, uh, it's more of an accessory building this type of strength. Think about how frequently you actually have to call upon it, Uh, this upper body strength that you think that you might need for the monkey bars and all of that. You don't necessarily need a crap load of strength. You just need to get in the monkey bars a little bit more and build that really specific type of more like isometric strength or go to the rock gym a little bit more. Those people don't need to focus so much on doing uh, big heavy lifts, you know, really frequently.
0: No, right.
1: Like they're going to benefit almost just like learning how to do it or like, you know, yeah. I would agree with that. And then like you were saying for like OCR stars or for someone getting ready for stadium, obviously it's going to be more heavily weighted on the, on the strength side of things. So definitely recognize where your strengths are right now. Are you lacking in, in running And well? Absolutely put more time into your, your running and try to maintain what you've had. Maybe you'll lose a little bit of strength as you build your running. It's all, it's all a balance game. It's a little bit of back and forth. Okay. So, be, be patient talk to us and we can try and figure this out for each individual person and what they are dealing with currently and what they mm. want to like go through in the future
0: and yeah like it's a the at the end of all if like you can get better at both by doing both it's just gonna be a matter of knowing how to recover from that and, and progressing things in an appropriate manner but we kind of we've kind of tiptoed around this but i kind of wanted to break it down for like different types of athletes that might want to get stronger and better endurance at the same time. And I
1: I broke them down you. here. I bless you. Them.
0: Thank you. They broke them down to th- two or three different kind of categories where there's one who's the athlete who can afford themselves a lot of time, who has flexible schedule, maybe not as many demands at home athletes like you and I, who can train all the time, who might be able to do double sessions and, and you know, get some meals in there or really kind of put in big chunks of training. Then there's, you know, your typical working person, maybe they can, cr- they can carve out 60 to 90 hour Hour and a half, hour, two hours or so of time uh, per day, but kind of like in one chunk, and then that time crunched athlete who has maybe like forty five hours, forty five minutes a day, uh, five days a week, because you know it's all well and good if we have you know, 20 hours a week to train, then, you know, we can get everything in, we can recover, we can feel fine, we can focus on our nutrition and everything. But that's not necessarily the case. I'm sure that's not the case for a lot of people listening. So let's just start from the top with the athlete who has a lot of time to kind of figure things out. So how would you set up a a, a program like that? I know we mentioned kind of doing doubles, or if someone has a lot of time, maybe they do have 15 or 20 hours a week of training, like how would you kind of recommend that they kind of work in their strength and endurance?
1: Fabulous question. Fabulous question. So if you have someone that's got a lot of time, they're going to put in doubles uh, on a few or more days a week. I would definitely be putting them. Again, if they're kind of just – if all of a sudden they've had all this time that comes about, definitely start those progressions, starting out with high repetition, low weight, get those 10s and everything, rocking and rolling. But pretty much your steady flow program, once you get to a good place and you're just trying to – maintain strength, maybe even build a little bit of strength while improving your endurance. I would say that that's going to look like a heavy lift. They do say that your testosterone peaks later in the afternoon. I think that for our, we're not trying to be max, you know, max power lifters. We're not trying to reach one well, RM. We're just trying to build general strength. I think that there's a benefit to doing strength in the morning and getting those hormones flowing earlier on and that you might capitalize on those gains throughout the day because hmm. they're flowing. So starting out with a, you know, a nice warm up in the morning, for your first session of the day, this is going to be a two a day right here and doing some, some power work, some strength work, some power work. Obviously I'm going to say do kettlebells because I think kettlebells are the absolute shit. Uh, and then follow that up with some stability work. And this is really interesting. I've, I've come across this talking about the hormone and capitalizing on the, 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 increase in the hormones in the body after doing something more strenuous, such as strength or power work, uh, that's really heavy or very intense. You doing stability work and accessory work after those other areas might benefit more due to the growth hormone and such that's in the bloodstream. Hmm. So that was very interesting to me. So rather than doing the stability work beforehand as a warm up, get warmed up, maybe do a little bit of stability work. If you want to get muscles fired up, get those glute meads working, but do more of the accessory work afterwards and then get your rest, eat a bunch of food later in the day, go for an easy run.
0: Hmm. Cool. Do that, that.
1: yeah. Do that at least twice a week. Do like a heavy—I would say like kettlebells minimum. Do some swings twice a week, and then another day out of the week. You you can easily do a two day when it comes to doing uh, an upper body routine. You can do a high quality workout, you know, and do uh and do an upper body workout in the same day. So, I mean, gosh, I guess to to put to make that a little easier to digest is uh, Monday strength in the morning, hard strength with some accessory work after it, easy run in the afternoon. Tuesday. You know, maybe go do a track workout Wednesday, some light accessory work, you know, do some accessory work. Cause you just had a hard track session the other day. You don't want to flare your posterior chain again, and then doing maybe a long mid midweek run the next day, kettlebells, accessory work, easy run later on in the day, Friday. I like to do medium to longer run on Friday, super long run on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's all about either a super easy run, but focusing on like recovery, mobility, all that good stuff. Yeah, I love
0: it. And that's a, that's a great way to, if you can split up your strength and your endurance efforts, like that's the way to do it. I, I totally agree. And in terms of what is going to be more beneficial to you, if you need to do your endurance in the morning, you prefer to do it in the morning, there won't be any like detrimental effect in either direction. So I would definitely split them up just for sake of ease. And I think that, that totally makes sense. And doing the strength workout, like, I can just speak to myself when the COVID times were, I didn't have a gym from March until August and I lost a lot and I was just running those, those times. I thought I'd be fine because, you know, I've just been able to kind of maintain. It doesn't take a lot of, of work to maintain strength, but it, it will go away and it, it went away and I've I found that out. And <laughs> I have now since found that out now
1: that I'm back in the gym. So I would definitely hold on to that. Yeah. Cheers. So Rich, I mean, us being, that those individuals that can handle 20 hours a week what are what are you doing right now you're done kind of with the that all that running focus where are you at right now with your strength in conjunction with your running
0: yeah so i'm definitely splitting things up and i've kind of gone into so i've had to pull back on the running and i was doing doubles like five days a week so i've taken the gym and have replaced one of my more uh, longer runs. So like a, a typical day would have been, you know, run four or five miles in the morning and then run like 10 to 12 in the afternoon or something like that. So I've replaced the 10 to 12 mile run with a gym session, which will be, you know, 60 to 90 minutes just for sake of, uh, I, I was optimistic about trying to get it all in, but it just the, the, like, wasn't going to work that way or like making sure my miles stayed high, but pulling back the miles and just getting into the gym two or three times a week, two has been seem to really kind of been the sweet spot on that and that's usually gonna be like a monday thursday for the gym stuff and then uh, quality session of running on tuesday or wednesday and then again on uh friday or saturday is really and long run will be sunday after
1: the the uh, long easy run after like a quality session on Saturday. Cheers! And how would you label that uh, that style of training that you're doing right now? Are you more in a maintenance phase? Uh, is that something? Or are you going to build up your strength and mileage together again as uh, the months progress? Or what your what's your goal right now with that style of training?
0: So right now, the style of training is almost it's it's fairly specific to OCR stars when it comes to the gym, and then the running is going to be more on the maintenance side. I'm still I'm still trying to get in some good amount of intervals to maintain the endurance and the speed that i have and keeping the miles at at like just kind of maintenance level but there's not going to be any building in the mileage anymore not not for the sake of like what i'm training for just there's no real there's no reason to build up that much fatigue on the legs and just working on on tired legs it's going to be more about maximizing the the harder efforts when when it's
1: time to just so i'm ready for whatever gets thrown our way for ocr stars Hell yeah! I mean, yeah, you're such a strong runner, and you know that you have that in the tank right now. So it's like your job going into that is to build on the areas that you know that you can improve more. You already mm. have so, such skill in running and such an aerobic capacity. It's like okay, now I need to work on these specific sort of movements, strength, endurance movements for this event coming up.
0: Where it's easy in if you're just doing a straight obstacle course race event to be like okay, like. The amount of endurance that I can gain will be more beneficial for a beast distance than the amount of strength needed to complete the beast distance. It's not the same with this event coming up where it's like you will just be exposed in the gym and you will lose a ton of ground with a you know twenty minute CrossFit style workout that will just you know blow the doors off you if you're not ready. what well, you're not going to encounter that on like the mountain in Tahoe, you know where you're going to want to focus on endurance leading into like your primary event where this is not that this is just something completely different. So it needs to be in the gym. I need to make sure I'm, I'm getting enough reps and I'm, I'm working on the skills that are needed. I'm just getting back into the flow and the mobility and being able to know what it feels like in the mm-hmm. gym with kind of a limited amount of time. So it's gonna be like a two week build kind of working the system separately. I'm going to still kind of do like, you know, threshold type of work when it comes to the, the gym based style stuff. And it's a lot of kind of the stuff that we talked about on that one podcast about trying to get faster, while doing gym workouts. So I'm doing like one like speed day where it's going to be like a minute to 90 seconds of like interval work, moving between things like box jumps, burpees, and pull ups, and just doing like one set of 10 of each of them and then resting for a minute, you know, and then just kind of working through as fast as possible. There's gonna be other ones where these where the sets and reps are going to be more long like drawn out into five to seven minute chunks. And then I'm going to progress those things and then start to meld them together and then kind of get more specific, maybe like
1: two weeks out from the event and then really try to hit those hard. Nice. So yeah, right now you're building on, you're working a lot on anaerobic uh, anaerobic work doing, well, non-running mm-hmm. modalities.
0: Totally. And, uh, and with, with strength stuff in the beginning, so it is very much structured like, what a, a typical CrossFit class would be. So it'd be like some sort of pull or some sort of squat, a lot of single leg stuff as a strength piece, working on like some skill and grip stuff in there as well. And then doing some conditioning, which is going to be more just like slower work, whereas we're moving between like the rower and the bike and then doing more, some skill work without the fatigue being very high, just so we're able to kind of get reps in. And like you said, working those high reps, working on those tendons, making sure that you're just prepared to do the different style of movements. It's Mm -hmm. a good way to add some volume without it being too intense that it just kind of blows you up. And then having like one kind of like
1: specific
0: Metcon piece.
1: True. So what would, what does concurrent training look like for somebody that you'd be getting prepared who does not do a lot of running right now? Someone who's going into OCR stars or getting ready for a stadium. Someone
0: who doesn't, who's coming from the gym piece
1: so they, they do they do running but they have strength background
0: okay and then so they're maybe coming so the the gym workout is going to be their strength in ocr stars yeah so that person they, i would still kind of have them progress in a similar manner just because they need in the, in the gym i would have them only do two like if they were a crossfit athlete that just loves to be in the, the crossfit gym they want to do it four, five, six times a week, which is too much, which is too much because every CrossFit workout, you go into like you're dead. You don't want to be dead every day. You don't want to have this complete fall off inconsistency during your actual effort. And that's what CrossFit workouts or CrossFit style workouts end up being. You, you go real hard, then you die. And that's too hard to do that every single day. So I would probably still have them in the gym twice a week and then have that similar type of progression where they're working on some longer, longer threshold type stuff and some faster anaerobic stuff and then kind of building into as a place progressing into a place where they're kind of melded back and forth. And then, you know, because there's not a ton of time, I'd probably, I put a lot of the focus on doing still kind of the faster end of endurance training. So kind of working on 5k and, and 10k speed, doing shorter intervals, like, 300s 400s 600s working up to like 800s maybe only once a week and then maybe having another kind of longer sustained effort maybe like a cut down run or progression run or something like along those mm-hmm. lines just because we don't want to overload them with intensity um Cheers. so i think um, and, and flipping that either way maybe making one day really kind of lighter in the gym and then having it i still think that's the best way to do it just one harder effort with shorter shorter reps because the running's not going to be that long i don't think what do you think? You think it's yeah. gonna to be too long?
1: Ah, uh, dude, I really wonder. I think Hunter said sixty minutes max. I would think that he would cater to. I like think he wants to cater to a varied style of athlete. So I feel like something will be more maybe maximal strength based. Something will be more endurance based within the gym, and then likewise outside. I imagine that there's going to be some sort of whether it's going to be flat out run or a compromised run, kind of like uh, uh, you know running public. They put on that burpee ten k. You know, it might be something like that, or it might be something quite a bit shorter. Hell, looking at Hunter right now, I feel like he's going to throw a beer mile in there.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, we got to practice our our chugging skills. I am doomed. Um, I'm absolutely doomed
1: for beer chugging.
0: (laughs) It'll be be fine. And uh, so we digress there a little bit, but when, if we're looking at a person who might want to, who only has like 60 or 90 minutes a day, how would you kind of make them fit if they don't have the opportunity to double, if they're not, if like time is something to be concerned about for them but they still have they still prioritize their training where they can get a good chunk in um but say they work typical nine to five maybe not as many family
1: obligations and just have can prioritize their training okay i, I guess i'm going to speak in terms of where we're at in the season if we're going into uh base period do you think that's appropriate um for your general general maintenance where should i speak from
0: speak to like competition like if like yeah, like like kind of pre-competition phase where it's like they want to get ready for maybe base where they really want to get stronger and faster at the same time.
1: <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go base. Cause like I've said so many times, I mean, you know, your training should greatly depend on where you are at as an individual, you know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses and let's move from there. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that everyone in the base period should be focusing on, on absolutely strength and some easy, some easy base work working on mechanics. That's all good. If you have 60 to 90 minutes, you're probably not going to be doing two a days. So if we're, if we're slapping everything into singular sessions, I think that doing say a 60 minute, Long run on Monday that might be long for you. I think that's fantastic. On Tuesday, if you wanna, if you're uh, zapped on time, let's throw on the kettlebell and do our accessory work for just 30 minutes, and then let's get it, do a little run warm up, and then let's go into some intervals because there's a lot of studies that show that doing uh, sprint work after some like heavy loading and stimulation of the posterior chain with deadlifts or kettlebell swings there can be uh, some good. St- results adaptations that occur there. Mm. And again, we're not putting in a shitload of volume. So it's not, it shouldn't wipe you out like a CrossFit workout. We're going to do some very focused, very effective kettlebell swings. And then when we still feel great, we're going to go over, we're going to do some interval work. That's going to be tiring, but we're going to walk out feeling pretty good still. Mm. Uh Wednesday, easy run, accessory work. You can definitely get that done within 90 minutes. You throw in uh, like a 30 to a 60 minute run depending on where you're at. 30 minutes is plenty enough to do some core work. Maybe I'll do getting a little bit of lateral work in supply metrics perhaps if you're feeling fresh and then thursday easy run friday long run with uh, kettlebell swings early uh, beforehand and see how that feels to run on fatigued legs and then a saturday pure running pure long day of running and uh, and sunday yeah again, i like i think it's good to have one rest day in there to yeah just (laughs) <laughs> just rest. And I will, I will throw in on all this. You might notice I didn't say anything much about upper body. I think that the kettlebells are doing a fantastic job at building that grip strength, building that back strength, building the overall arm and core strength. So even though you're not doing say core on know, Monday or earlier in the week, or a couple times a week, you are working your core through doing the, that type of movement, which I think is really important. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of times it's safe to say that your core, if you're lifting properly, like your core is going to get worked doing front squats, back squats, deadlift you know, yeah, like, yeah yeah cool that's perfect and then for the perfect person who might be crunched on time five days a week they have to work out you know two days they just can't right like there's just obligations that they can't get away from and then you know maybe like yeah 45 minutes at a time so for someone like this i would imagine it's going to be hard to do anything on the same day unless it is just like really really <sighs> interspersed and i think these are the athletes who want to do everything at once and these are the people who want to hit the Metcons hard. And like these are the people that like these fitness based studio classes are, are for, or you know, like a Peloton class or CrossFit. Really, is really what the the genesis of that was. Like, oh, we don't need to spend this much time at the gym. We can go hard for twenty minutes and get the ga- get the gains for for everything which is not true, but so I would just advise against that, like trying to work in everything all at the same time every day. Cause that is really going to lead to kind of spinning your wheels. So yeah, those are the people that are in that black hole zone all the time. All the time. Right? Yeah. Like then they're working a little bit too hard every day, and really not progressing in in any in any fashion just cuz they're trying to do it all at once and like i said everything does something so they might lose a little weight they might you feel a little bit better but they're not ever going to really maximize what they can do even with that small amount of time so i'd definitely recommend these people kind of separate their days out not worry about trying to do you know strength before endurance like then like the competing like days aren't gonna matter as much for them. I think that they should, you know, run when they can run, do strength work when they can do strength work and all the things that we kind of cited before and doing all of those different things like easy run Monday, strength Tuesday, intervals Wednesday, you know, easy run Thursday, strength Friday, whatever. And then that might be their their week. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And also for the for I mean, for a lot of people, whether you're a beginner or you're somebody who's further along in your fitness and you can handle a lot more work, but still don't want to take forever incorporating, you know, circuitry where your, your heart rate stays elevated. You go through all of these different disciplines. You know, you can do that with, if you plyometrics on different, you know, you, you you should have a lot of rest between plyometrics on the same muscle. If you do say box jumps or some uh, double unders, and then you go to do explosive pushups and then you go to Mm -hmm. do uh, a set of kettlebell swings. Now we're talking about things that are a little bit different Mm -hmm. working different modalities. So getting creative, recognizing where you can kind of chop down time without sacrificing very much as far as the uh, the gains that you're going to get
0: totally and this is this is right up the alley of what Matt Liptak was talking about on a podcast several months ago at this point yeah he talked yeah. about the velocity training and then kind of working things in and out and this is the person he was talking to who has like 45 minutes to work out and trying to cover all their bases really fast um when it comes to the strength gym so i love that recommendation of switching up the body parts and, and doing different styles of training w- within that i think that's a really smart way to go instead of you know i think some people do think strength training is doing a crossfit workout and
1: like Now, this is also you, you had a great guest, you had Cassidy, Mm -hmm. right? She, I I think that she does a great job. Uh, I love the videos that she posts online as far as kind of coaching people through her videos on how to do certain things, but they do interval training, but it's not high intensity interval training. I mean, they do it on certain days when it's appropriate, but the rest of their interval training is they're building strength in a manner that is keeping the, the body, Acting at a a certain level of intensity for maybe maybe instead of going for a math run, you're doing a math circuit workout where you're just keeping your heart rate. I, I think that Matt Kempson did this a lot too, where when he wasn't able to run a lot, he would just throw the kettlebell around and go through a lot of various movements, staying at a sustained energy level. Uh, energy output. So there's a lot of ways to to hit this. We've really just covered some super <laughs> fundamental bases. So so yeah, if you want to know more specific, which there is so much specific stuff that we could talk about, hit us up. Hit us up. We we out here.
0: Yeah, and that's. I think we can kind of wrap things up with that. And just you know, we're not saying to not do the things at the same time. Like if you want to do a CrossFit workout do it if you want to do like the compromise running, you know, to talk about like Bracken and Kirk talk about that all the time. There is a place for that, but it's sports specific, right? Like it's not going to make you fast nor strong. But if you're preparing for an obstacle course race event, you need to do some compromise running. Or if you're preparing for an OCR stars style workout where you're going to need to be doing like a Metcon for time, like then you should do it. But you shouldn't do it thinking it's going to make you faster or think it's going to make you stronger standalone because it just won't. Won't do it. Word, Cotton. Word. Sweet.
1: So, Josh, you raced this weekend. Last week. Hey, Rich. Rich. I, I did. How did it go? Oh, it was so freaking awesome, man. I was up in New Hampshire, like the leaves were already turning. I love autumn, it's my favorite time of year, 100%. So, went up there, hung out with a bunch of friends. And actually, it was pretty cool because uh, Ryan Kempson hit me up like the week prior to the race. It's like, yo, if there's a race happening. And I went and signed up, and there were like 12 spots left. So, I signed up for this thing. I was like, hell yeah, I'm driving five hours for a day to just go run this race. It was a half marathon with like 4,500 feet of vert on. And it was called like the Beast of the East. So, I thought, all right. This thing better be damn tough, because like you know, I've run some tough ones in the Cascades and some tough trails out there, and it was great, man. I mean, I think it could have been a little tougher <laughs> as far as the, <laughs> no, you know, there's the great thing like beast I mean, of the east. Yeah, you had yeah, to yeah
0: kind yeah. of show out
1: for something like that, right? I mean, there's a lot of truth. It's like it's as hard as you make it, oh, totally, right? Like if I ran as hard as I possibly could, it's definitely going to be hard. I'd, I do wish that the train was slightly more challenging. There were some nice runnable sections, but overall it was it had great variety. It was like a nice climb. There was some scree. There was some slabs to run down, which is brutal, by the way. Running down slabs. Just like wood slabs? Like, uh rock. rock like uh 20% grade granite slabs on the side of a mountain. What? Yo, shouts to VJ Shoes for keeping me up to say, that's probably
0: slippery, best group on earth.
1: Dude, it was intense, man. But yeah, ended up, I was, dude, I was, like, I really appreciated Ryan reaching out to me and getting me out there because he loves to go hard and he wants to, I think that he really likes getting pushed. So him inviting me out there, I felt like was him keeping himself accountable and like perform hard because i'm always just like a couple minutes behind him dude any race that we do and like sure enough i was watching the strava thing before where you like do the flyby right i was clicking i'm like oh i got closer here and then further away here and i got like a little lost here and they're like oh i was almost on his tail right there and then you know gosh dude it was so it was so close and it's just it's so exciting i love being out there uh, on the field with both him and other guys i mean like josh fior came up uh, my buddy ian Schultz came up and monica javier bunch of bunch of cool cats so we're having a great time out there and we're so happy to have that an actual race like it was a real race and we, we got sweet trucker hats that was the that was the giveaway that was the that was the the prize at the end for everybody sweet for everybody you got fourth I, oh yeah i did i did some guy dude missed the course record by two seconds oh no mm. his time oh my god his dude. In, did. did you know who, who oh. was? he pierre penoir or something like that i think he's like a Oh, someone said pro skier. I'd believe it, dude. He, he smashed the uphill. Let me put this into perspective. Okay. He ran two Oh two Oh eight CR was two Oh two Oh six. I did two, twelve twelve. 12, Okay. So he had 10 minutes on me, 10 minutes, four seconds to be precise. I beat him by like two over two minutes on the downhill. Oh my God. Think about how fucking fast he was running. Dude. He like the gun went off and he was gone. Really? Dude, this dude's, this dude's uphill fitness is bonkers absolutely bonkers man i'm like i'm like yo legit he pulled i mean i got like over two minutes closer to him on the downhill however if you do the math that means he pulled like a total of what 12 minutes on me 13 minutes on me over the course of like half the race so impressive how was your climb Oh, my climb was great, dude. I felt I felt fantastic, honestly. I was able to pass a bunch of guys. Like you know how Strava goes, like you can kind of see how you rank up against other dudes. And there were a bunch of pretty fast guys out there that I know can climb faster than me. Uh, I had a pretty a pretty good day with it. I definitely felt some unique feelings, like I my cardiovascular system felt fantastic. Like I, I was breathing heavy. Obviously I was racing, but my, my legs were the limiter and I could tell how much lactate or like how acidic everything was because I wasn't just feeling the, the burn and like the, the wanting to shut down in my legs, but I could feel it in like my arms and my jaw was getting tight. Man. And I could like feel it up there, you know, like the end of a 5k or something mm-hmm. when you're done, you're sprinting it out. It was that kind of feeling mm-hmm. like really early on in the race. So I felt like, whoa, pushing something's (sighs) happening
0: right here good yeah that was kind of what we talked about before you went up there it's like you just got to let that you just got to see where they uphill what you can do on it right you kind of have to sell out the uphill because when you get were you the fastest downhill segment
1: oh yeah blew i beat the next guy by over a minute on the downhill yeah so like it's a matter of just kind of and that's even with selling out a little bit and
0: getting a little lactic a little bit early and just trying to kind of push yourself to the point of being
1: uncomfortable just to kind of keep keep the distance so it's still this is where strength comes into play man right like floating downhill it's like okay i can almost relax my cardiovascular system to a certain degree maybe it dropped like 10 beats but i just like letting gravity take over and letting these strong ass hips take all the take all the beating as i just turn the legs over and then float down this hill so man yeah i mean for these for all you mountain runners out there it's like yo concurrent training get your strength in you're gonna see those games in the long term with with that running
0: and it was just a matter of you could it wasn't at so
1: technical that you had to be extremely dialed in. Mentally, oh, uh, I felt I felt pretty dialed in. Honestly, I think I was running downhill so fast at one point, my eyes started to tear. I was like, "Oh shit, I can't see!" Oh, <laughs> I was it, was it was fairly technical, but my legs were turning over nicely. I only had one fall on an uphill. Oh, nice. <laughs> we just I fell on my I fell on my hydropack pack, and it took the impact. That's my little airbag, dude. Every time I swear to God, like all the races that I've done with a hydropack pack in my hand, I have fallen on the hydropack pack hand, and it takes the 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 impact, and like I'm totally fine. Did it pop? So. No, dude, that thing's taken like four or five hits, hard hits, and it's (laughs) totally fine. (laughs) It's amazing.
0: Nice, man. Dude, I'm jealous you got out there and
1: was able to really kind of mix it up.
0: And where did people kind of pull away from you on the flyby?
1: Let's see. I had one guy pass me on the uphill. I mean, so I... I pretty much just pass people like the whole way. Kind of like I usually do. Uh, no, I, I started out in like the back of the pack and I tried to like, get to the front, but it got kind of bottlenecked. So I ended up stuck behind some people, which which made it. So I just only really had people to pass. Only one dude passed me in the race. And that was, dude, it was so funny. This guy, Ben Thompson, he's got like the Pemi loop or had the Pemi loop record. He's a he's a cool dude. But he comes up behind me on the climb. Like, like I can hear him behind me. I'm like, no, I'm not letting him catch me. So I just keep pushing and pushing, like, I'm not looking back. And then sure enough, like minutes later, after I could hear the supposed to, he's like, Hey man, I'm like, hey dude. He's like, mind if I sit on you for a second? I'm like, i mean yeah dude you, that you, got like, nothing you know, out the, yeah hey, what do you want me cool, to do man. Yeah. like i'm going as fast as i can <laughs> and we get up we were chatting for a while we were having a conversation which is actually it was it was nice you know time ticks by but then we got up to like this open slab part and i could see the ryan in this bright red vest on, i could see him like a hundred meters ahead up the slab i'm like ryan he turned around like, hey! and then this guy ben and i were talking a little bit more and after like 20 seconds to be on the slab this guy ben just was like all right and then the starts dude running up I'm power hiking dead. And he's just he starts bounding up this thing. I'm like, holy shit, dude, you were just holding back and then waiting to blow me away, man. And I mean, Ryan said he caught up to him pretty quick at that point. Hey. So so that dude had a lot of energy, crushed the rest of that uphill. He got second. Uh, caught up he got second. Yeah. I don't know where they had a, a breakaway, but towards the he and him and Ryan ran together for a long period of time. And then towards the end, he, he shot away with like a two oh eight. Nice so overall pretty pleased overall looking it's like okay uphills obviously where i need to continue to work all my strengths. Yeah, yeah and
0: then you, you knew that i mean i wish you would have went out with the front why'd you get stuck behind people
1: i know dude well yo they were so nice man like i signed up at the last minute so they were doing it ways because of covid so i was in the third wave oh shit. And, oh. yeah and so i mentioned i'm like hey man i'd love like you don't you know i totally understand but like i'd love to be in the first wave it'd be so awesome um and he's like Okay, you're in the first oh, wave. Sweet. Just like a simple email back, put you in the first wave. Like, oh, cool. But they put me in the back of the first wave, and the wave was of 60 people. Oh, they actually placed you? Yeah, like you had a cone with your number on it. Oh. And, you know, it's like 1 through 60, and my number was 220. So to like <laughs> probably avoid people giving me eyes, like we're just going to put 220 all the way in the back. Yeah. You know? So the gun goes off, and I'm trying to sprint past oh, everyone. Dude. And, uh, yeah, it just ended up getting bottlenecked. So I was like, oh, I really wanted to go out and like try and stick on Ryan. Because you know he goes out hard, he but he does. Yeah. yeah, whatever. You know it's it, it's it, what that's not as bad of a start as your Killington start, but also not great. You gotta Dude, work on that, these starts. I gotta work on these starts. I didn't tie my shoes at the starting line this time. At least that that's good. You had that. You yeah. had that covered. <laughs> you need, need, need a checklist. That happened to a buddy uh,
0: Tim one time, a former guest. He was like, "Yeah, I just." Didn't tie my shoe or something like that. Like, ah, I just forgot to tie my shoes before the start. And he just like started going like, what?
1: <laughs> t- t- tie your shoes before you start the race. Like we need a full checklist. Like get to front, tie shoes. I, I feel like someone's going to pop out of a bush and be like, you need to get Caterpie the- the- or lock laces or something. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> they're like quick draws and you're, yeah, you know, there's no tying.
0: No tying, man, yes. There's no tying. Not time, sponsored man. by them, but.
1: We would be. We're not
0: I guess. sponsored
1: by that. Not sponsored. Yeah, they're they're all right. I like regular laces. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down. a traditional guy. I'm really not, but maybe laces. I, I never use. I never but used those. What did you do this past weekend?
0: This past weekend, what did I do? I think I was just hanging in.
1: I think mean, I really didn't do
0: <laughs> anything. No, it was great. Riveting. Just hung around. Riveting. <laughs> yeah, just hung hung with the puppy. We're actually we're planning another little trip up up to Vermont. We're going to go during the week. Going to try to catch some of that foliage. You said the leaves are already turning up in.
1: In New Hampshire, they were, yeah. And I just saw Frank uh, Frankie Soma posted a picture this morning on the story, uh, and it looked like it was pretty far along the Adirondacks, too. So my guess is, like, next week will be peach. Like, next next week during the week, and next weekend for sure is going to be due. It's going to be so crowded. Like, definitely the right move to go during the week. We're going during the
0: week. We're actually going to – last year we went to Stowe, and it was the bomb. It was amazing.
1: But uh, this year we're actually
0: going to go to Killington on the 5th. So we have, like, two weeks – I'm just going to go to Killington like the 5th through the the 8th or ninth. Just hang out there. We're going to do some work up there. We're just going to act like our regular lives with just with really nice foliage around. You, you're going to go set the segment on the death march? I'm just going to go do that. Yeah, see if I... Come on, dude. Go get it. Go I'm going to find out where like, the sandbag carry is and just like run that so I can have the fastest sandbag <laughs> carry. <laughs> like, got it. Dang. <clears throat> got him. Um, sandbag. Sandbag in the sandbag. Yeah, so I don't really have too much going on. Just doing continuing continuing be in the gym, trying to work on my OCR stars fitness. I'm real excited about, about
1: this event. I really am. You got any secrets? What are you, what are you doing? Like, What's like your secret sauce? What do you think is going to get you super duper ready for that? I, I think it's just kind of progressing, making sure that you know how to do the
0: movements. You know, I think that that's like being familiar with thrusters and being able to do box jump overs and just having like a strategy about how to do each movement so that you're just not caught off guard. And like, I'm kind of guessing on what the movements are going to be, but even doing something like box step overs, right? Like I've been doing those and just like where you put your feet and how you kind of crawl. Like what I've been doing, I've been putting my my first I, I line up next to it, like facing like the side of it and step up on the side and put my first foot back a little bit and then bring my trail leg over a cr- and, and cross over. So that my second leg is in front of my back leg and then step down with the first leg that went up just so it, it improves the speed of things. Does that make any sense? Like it kind of, I'm going to need I, an instructional yeah, video. Like I step up and then I cross my legs over. And so it's like two steps up onto the box just so it's not like, Cause when you do box step over, like you look at it forward and it would take forever and stepping down with heavy weights in your hand, like straightforward is a little weird. So if you do it sideways and just like figuring out those little things and how to do box step and how to do box jump overs and, and how to do kipping pull ups and how to do all these little things and just really working on the skills of things, making sure I have an idea and doing a lot of toes to bar, um, doing a lot of kipping stuff, making sure that you just mm-hmm. know how to do it. So I think that's it. And I'm really just going to kind of blast, blast some, hard workouts later on yeah i think it's gonna be fun i think that i don't know how much matt like i think that the, if he does like box step ups or box step overs it will be with those heavy weights and 50 pretty heavy if you, it's 100 i mean if if you he tried guys, that. it's gonna be a two it's
1: 100 pounds each hand son
0: yeah, yeah it's heavy so if you if you try doing that like i would recommend trying it i think if he does that it would be some sort of ladder workout where it would be like four box step ups then four Pull ups and then, you know, four push ups and then four box step ups and then eight pull ups and then eight push ups and then four box step ups. You know what I mean? Like, have it. I, want,
1: I wonder if he's going to do it like that. If it's going to be like AMRAP and the most reps gets it, or if he's going to do like a chipper for time.
0: Yeah. I mean, the open does both. The open does, it's better to have it on reps, it seems, just so there's not a discrepancy in terms of time and like tiebreaker you know mm-hmm. especially if it's like an overall winner like the, the crossfit open where there's a it's a qualifier in like it's not going to matter as much but if you have so, like a discrepancy on the time and like it's just more likely to have that than just like straight up reps you know it's more black and white so like you did a rep or you didn't there's not like tenths of
1: a second in there yeah yeah that makes sense man i hope i'm oh i'm not super thrashed to to do this i'm like because i'm still kind of planning on doing that 90 miler in mid-october i'm like am i gonna be okay I mean, you're <laughs> you're just strong. You'll be fine. Maybe if I don't do the 90 mile like all out, it's like okay, I can get the FKT if I just go under 29. But like, I can smash it if I go for 24. And the way my body is gonna kind react to those two different times, it will be dramatic. You think so? Like, you think totally you think that, Dude, that many miles, no matter what, like, isn't just gonna wreck you? Well, yeah, because I mean, I mean, think. Let's think about it this way. It's like, will I? If I did it, say just shy of like twenty nine hours, maybe my average heart rate would be like one thirty. Okay. you know, because it's a, it's a twenty four hour event. And I'm pretty much just hiking. Maybe it'll like go up to one fifty at times. But like, if I go for it at, for twenty four, maybe my heart rate spends more time at like one fifty five. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the byproducts that are being produced and just overall the amount of stress my body is under is like it's gonna it's gonna add up for sure. And I mean, I'm like I'm thinking back to World's Toughest Mudder, which was uh, twenty four hours, right, and like eighty five miles, and like I felt pretty good after that but i recognized that my body was like low-key recovering for weeks mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's one of those things what would you rather see first in like an ocr stars then would you rather see it be strength or running like what do you think you would need to need more time for recovery
1: i think i gosh man i uh, well yeah the, an extra week so I, w- I would take the strength yeah oh uh, yeah I, w- I would take the strength yeah that'd be awesome to see like how fast you can turn around to like a five
0: cap doing like Fucking ninety miles.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just pull. I'll just pull a Ryan Atkins. You know, go to Eco Challenge Fiji. Come back a week later, get second at a world championship. Have no problem no, doing no. it. No big. No big. Yeah, man.
0: yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, th- that's the primary goal. That's been your goal. You've been talking about that that long segment for a while now. So I mean, that's
1: priority. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Since <laughs> Mike's used to get out of OCR stars. <laughs> not happening
0: you're doing it uh
1: yeah well i'm definitely gonna sign up definitely gonna support throw my dollars Throw my dollars. So, so I'm, I'm at everyone.
0: it oh, i'm also gonna do a little in-house competition this weekend this local gym it's called i-core it's out i-core fitness out in westchester good good group of uh, guys out there out there and good athletes you name is mark falcon is a real good athlete who runs the place he it put on a local competition where it's like a stadium style like race essentially they have a really cool facility so i'm gonna go out there and kind of mix it up
1: oh shit dog I'm mix it up oh shit let's see how it goes man yo my boy dave long a he was out athlete. there he's gonna he's, he's gonna crush it dude
0: he already did it he did it on uh this past week oh yeah that,
1: that was just a little test run that was just a nice light easy test run. oh yeah you think exactly it out. out. light and easy okay light and easy. okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah i'm gonna be out there this weekend trying to trying to get after it i'm feeling good i'm ready to ready to, to just
1: mix just mix it <laughs> just <turn> it up <laughs> the look on your face is uh you look you look very pumped very ready yeah ready to mix ready to mix, mix it up <laughs> Catalina
0: wine mixer. Yeah. Well, cool, bro. Let's, we, we can wrap it up at this point. I think we've we've talked. We've talked now. So we're, we're, we're all caught up. Everybody. So another shout Our Our buddy Jack Bauer just released an article <laughs> Athletes to Watch in 2021. Josh Reed made the list. A bunch of former guests. Nick, Nick Reichert. Mark Godet, Our guy, Nick Masek. Rich Ryan not on the list, I noticed that my name was not on the list. So you don't have to watch out for me in 2021. 20, It'd be blindsided. Not, not, dark horse. Dark horse. Get to be the
1: dark horse. You get the hashtag dark horse under your photos. Maybe
0: I should start doing that. Yeah. No, <laughs> Logan, Logan Broadbent on the list. Really cool. Really cool list though. Especially from, from Jack who puts out some really cool stuff and he knows every athlete literally in the entire world. So check that out on ORM just because we were just
1: talking about that before. Thanks Jack.
0: All right. Sweet dude. Where can we find on the socials?
1: Hey, J-A underscore S-H-U-A underscore R-I-E-D. That is my Instagram. If you want to reach me. Word, that rhymed. Perfect, cool. perfect.
0: <laughs> How at your boy, reinforce underscore running underscore rich. We're on there. We're just doing things. We're chatting, having a good time, talking about our standing desks. And uh, Indeed, which if
1: you're doing a standing desk, you totally should. Unless you don't have a desk job, in which case, good for you. Nice. Keep moving. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep moving.
0: Sweet, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll, that'll wrap us up.
1: All right. Fucking hey, Rich, thanks for always putting these on, hey, man. man. And I uh, appreciate everyone always listening to us. Babylon. 100%. Talk to you guys <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> Peace.